0: Welcome back to the What's My Play Sports Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Justin. And we're here today to go over our top quarterbacks and tight ends for the upcoming fantasy football season. Uh, We'll kick things off right away
1: with quarterbacks. Who got going first out of them? Uh, My top quarterback this year is Justin Herbert. I think... I just think he has the best skill set position around him. I mean... Mike Williams, uh, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler's really good trio to have. I think Gerald Everett's an underrated tight end, and I mean their division is just so good that I feel like there's just going to be so many high-scoring games in that division. And I think Justin Herbert's just going to have himself a crazy season.
0: Yeah, I have Josh Allen number one. Um Probably in consensus with most people just because of his dual threat ability. He's going to get you 40 yards on the ground every game. He's going to throw for 250 yards and have two to three touchdowns between rushing and throwing the ball. Um, I think he's going to be a 25-point-per-game quarterback per usual. The question is, is, does he go a little bit above and beyond And I think there may even be a little bit of added, like, drive after the way his season ended last year against the Chiefs. Did everything under the sun and came up just short. I think that's going to propel him to have an even more monster season this year. Um, But I do get where you're coming with with Justin Herbert. Um, Out of the top quarterbacks, I think the only one that can compete in terms of weapons uh, when you're looking at the top list of players, you got are, are probably Burrow and Kyler Murray when Hopkins comes back. Yeah. So I definitely see that. And Herbert of that young of the quarterbacks that are younger than Allen and Mahomes is probably the most promising of them right now. Who who you got at number two? I got Josh Allen
1: at two. Um, I mean, I think the only reason why I didn't put him above Justin Herbert is because. I don't think, like, I mean, he didn't really get any better weapons around him this year. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I also don't really know if I see him going for 50 yards a game again this year on the ground. Like, I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I just didn't see their team do a whole lot to make him better around them. And again, I don't think he's going to run as much this year.
0: Yeah, like, I I don't think he's going to be running a ton, but, like, I could see him scrambling five or six times a game and getting 30 yards just because people aren't always following the quarterback as they leave the pocket and escape out to the side. That's oftentimes when QBs scramble and whatnot, they're scrambling for 10 yards. Um, So I don't think he's going to do it a ton, but I think he will get quite a – quite a few yards on the ground from it. And you know he'll have a few QB sneaks mixed in there throughout the year. Um, the last two seasons, he's had 35, or 36 or more touchdowns uh, just through the air alone. And I don't see why that would stop now. Um, my number two I have is Lamar Jackson. Uh, he still hasn't gotten his contract. Um, and I think that's partially him holding out and waiting on the QB market. Um, If he gets his contract, we'll have to see, but as of right now, he doesn't have it, and I think that's all the more incentive because what he's been doing every single year is just betting on himself. Uh, He's the most dynamic quarterback in the league. You know he's going to put up plenty of points on the ground. Yes, he doesn't have Marquise Brown, but he'll have a full season, healthy Rashad Bateman. And as a whole, like, I don't think Marquise Brown moves the needle a ton for him from a fantasy production standpoint. Uh, so I definitely have Lamar Jackson. I'm not saying that he's the second best quarterback in the league. That's a different conversation, but I think he'll be the second best fantasy football
1: quarterback this year. Uh, number three for you? I've got I've got Patrick Mahomes at three. Um, I think for me... I know he lost Tyreek Hill this year, but they—they they still are a team that just have a plethora of deep threat guys. He still has Travis Kelsey, who's probably the biggest mismatch in football right now. And I mean, I think Juju was an underrated add for them. So I think all in all, I mean, he's still gonna, you know, score close to 40 touchdowns this year, in my opinion. I mean. I don't see him having too much of a dip in yards. I think the thing that keeps him out of that top two conversation for me is he's not quite as dynamic. And I think, you know, quarterbacks benefit from having that go-to number one guy that, you know, when in doubt, you throw it to him and hope that they can make the play for you. I think for Mahomes, that's Kelsey, but... I feel like that's just not, like, I think he needs more than just Kelsey if he really mm-hmm. wants to propel himself into that, you know, top two level with yeah. Herbert and Allen.
0: And I,
1: I won't say too
0: much on this right now, but I think that he's not as dynamic as some of the other quarterbacks' comment is really accurate. A lot of people imagine Patrick Mahomes as this lightning quick Uh, can run for 40 yards type quarterback, and he actually isn't really that dude. He's just very good with his feet moving around in the pocket, and he's very good at timing when to scramble out of the pocket. But he doesn't run the ball a ton, and when he does run, it's not for huge chunks of yards. Um,
1: You look at last year, he only had three games with over 40 rushing yards, and he had multiple games with zero. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's not so much that I wouldn't even say he's not as dynamic. It's just he simply doesn't he doesn't scramble run. as much. And well, I just...
0: well he, he scrambles. He just doesn't scramble and run the ball. He yeah. scrambles and makes plays. Yeah. Um, my quarterback number three is Kyler Murray. Um, mm-hmm. Kyler Murray has a lot of weapons. At the back end of the season, he'll be stronger than ever with Hopkins coming back. I think things will be fine without him, so whereas I think Lamar Jackson is fine regardless of his wide receivers from a fantasy production standpoint. He doesn't need Marquise Brown to put up really good fantasy numbers. I think the relationship between Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown will have a huge impact in a raid, air raid style offense, um, so you're going to have wide receivers of A.J. Green, Rondale Moore, Marquise Brown, you're gonna have Zach Ertz at tight end, um, James Conner out of the backfield. Like he's got plenty of options in that offense, and that's before D Hop comes back. Um, so I really like Kyler Murray. He's gonna get you a little bit more yardage on the ground than Herbert and Mahomes, in my opinion. Um, and so I just really like him as my quarterback number three. So who you
1: got at four? I've got Murray at four, and I think the only thing that Concerns me with him, and it's he when I when you kind of look at the narrative of how, like he he's he's a dual threat quarterback, mm. but I mean I think he, he doesn't run
0: the ball a ton. Yeah, he, he's sort of like Mahomes, but he will run a little bit more.
1: And but what concerns me is even last year he had. You know, the weapons that he had, granted now he has Marquise Brown, so I think their weapons this year are better than last year. But, I mean, he only broke 300 yards passing three times last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, so even though, yeah, he's throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game, he's not, they're not a lot of big plays. And what I find kind of concerning with that is a lot of the receivers they've had on, their team are these dynamic, big play guys, like Rondale Moore, kind of like that Tyreek Hill type guy, A.J. Green and Hopkins, who have been known to be big play guys in their career, and I don't feel like his rushing is as good as it needs to be to really break into the top three, just because he doesn't make up for his passing ability like Mahomes does. Gotcha.
0: Uh, at this point, I'll I'll cover my four and five together on this one real quick, just because I think they're very similar. Uh, Herbert and Mahomes, I got Herbert at four, Mahomes at five. Uh, both of them elite quarterbacks with their arms. They make plays. Their teams are going to score a lot of points. I like Herbert slightly more. You mentioned it earlier. He's got fantastic weapons around him. Eckler out of the backfield is going to be huge. Keenan Allen gets your first down every play. Mike Williams, deep. Um, the team's just really well-rounded, and so I like Herbert slightly more. I think Mahomes will struggle a little bit without Terry Kill at times just because that extra weapon that opens up the defense, it'll become a little more difficult for their team to move the ball than before. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're both such good quarterbacks. Having them at four and five um, is not a disrespect to them. and that's a they're, they're, Really, you're probably looking at top five, maybe top six guys that are going to stand out well above the rest of, in terms of fantasy value. Yeah. So if you can get one of these guys in the first five rounds, you're doing pretty good. If not, my recommendation to people is maybe wait because quarterbacks are deep it may be better just to hold off to one of the other ones and maybe
1: even string quarterbacks. So who do you have at five? I have Lamar Jackson at five. Mm-hmm. And I the only reason why I have him at five is because I, I just don't think he has the weapons. And I know, I mean he's the most dynamic quarterback in football with his legs, but I think with Hopefully J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are both going to be healthy this year. I think the touches on the ground get spread out a little bit more. That's so point, I don't, I don't. It's more so I don't see Lamar Jackson. I mean, he only had two rushing touchdowns last year. Like, and that's a big part of his game. Mm-hmm. His, you know his the work he does on the ground, and if he's not scoring on the ground. I think there's only so much he's going to be able to accomplish in the air with Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews. And so I think that's yeah. going to limit how many touchdowns he can contribute to this year.
0: Yeah, I I just I have to
1: think that he runs for more touchdowns. See, I would hope yeah. so because again, 2 is a, a ridiculously low number for yeah, it. But again, they, you they would have, also. Have, they
0: happened in the same game.
1: But you would have also assumed that he would be scoring more touchdowns last year on the ground with his top two running backs missing the yeah. entire year. Well, like, it's. I, here's it's the concerning. Here's the
0: thing. He, he, he had almost 800 yards rushing last year. Most running backs that get that much on the ground have at least five touchdowns. And quarterbacks that run for a lot of yards tend to have a higher number of touchdowns. See, but I think it also depends
1: on how you want to look at it. Because a lot of running backs that hit that 700 yards are goal line backs. Guys that, you know, just run between the tackles. I don't think teams want to have your star quarterback Running the ball at the one up the gut every time, like you don't want him taking yeah, those yeah, hits. Yeah, I, so, I, I, I get that, but I, think, I, I still think he
0: runs for more than he did last see, year because that's kind of a statistical it, for, anomaly. For
1: me, it's I the ridiculousness from his you know first couple se- first two seasons were the amount of big plays he produced on. If if he's not hitting. 25-yard rushing touchdowns, I think once you get in the red zone, you're going to see J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Mike Davis, you're going to see the plethora of guys that they put on that running back committee. They're all going to touch that ball, and so I think he's not going to get as many red zone touches as you would like to see, and I think that's what's concerning for me. Yeah, I
0: mean, regardless of it, you haven't met. Quarterback number five, yeah, which is still yeah, it's just it's just a matter of do you think he's going to be worth picking up in the fourth or fifth round?
1: Yeah. Um, Moving on to your quarterback number six, I've got Jalen Hurts, and similarly to Lamar Jackson in terms of you know his dynamic ability, the difference is for me is Hurts guarantees you I think a lot more touchdowns on the ground just it, it. he steals the goal line work for some so reason. So, why don't you have Hurts higher than Lamar Jackson if that's your because thought. Because I'm not confident in his ability to not throw the ball for even with the better weapons. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just not a super it, it, there's a difference between being a good fantasy player and a good quarterback but, and I'm but, not but,
0: but that's the conversation, it's fantasy. I, I think it, Lamar Jackson is a significantly better quarterback.
1: Yeah. I well but the the touchdowns make the difference. I think you know if Lamar Jackson scored as many touchdowns as Hertz does, he he's top two or top three for me. there's just a the massive <laughs> touchdown gap between the two, but I think Lamar Jackson, Jackson is, is up for it with yardage. Yeah, he's just more dynamic on the ground.
0: Okay. While
1: I think Hertz Hurts plays and uh, you know, you're getting your ass kicked and mm-hmm. you got to score all your points in garbage time. All
0: right. My number six is Joe Burrow. Oh. Uh, they, they buffed up the offensive line a little bit. He's got arguably the most stacked receiving core in the NFL and it's young and only getting better. Yeah. I think this could be a type of year where Burrow throws for 47-4800 yards behind that offensive line. And if he does that and pops 35-40 touchdowns through the year, I think he's the most likely guy outside of the top five quarterbacks in fantasy to break into that top five. Maybe Stafford has a chance as well, just because he's got weapons and we know he put up some crazy numbers last year. But I do think Burrow is the most likely to jump into it. Uh, that t- that offense is so complete. Last year he threw for 4,600 yards and 34 touchdowns. I could see him increasing those numbers even more, uh, especially because he's going to have all day to throw the ball. Like, think about how many deep touchdowns he he threw last year, and just imagine how many more he'll have with an extra second in the pocket. Yeah. Um. So. Burrow's the guy that I think could definitely break out this year, and I do regret a little bit trading him and losing my keeper value on him, because I'm going to be
1: stuck with Aaron Rodgers instead. But, who do you got at number seven? I have Joe Burrow at number seven, (laughs) and yeah, it's pretty much the same reasons. His weapons are ridiculous top to bottom. I think Hayden Hurst... Is an underrated pickup at tight end, especially because mm-hmm. of the the red zone work that C.J. Osama played for him before he got injured in the playoffs. Was you know there was a lot of touchdowns there, and I think Hurst is honestly a better pass catching tight end than Ozama yeah. was. I was gonna
0: say when 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 he played for Atlanta. Uh, in particular, two years ago before Pitts came. Yeah, it wasn't for Pitts. Because, he was on the yeah, verge hey, of breaking Hayden, out. Yeah. Like, well, Hayden Hurst, the year before, was a top eight tight end and caught 95% of his targets. He caught everything under the sun. Just
1: so like people are aware, I mean, he was drafted in the same year as Mark Andrews to the Baltimore Ravens as he was a highly touted guy. It's just You know, he was unlucky and ended up on the same team as Mark Andrews, who is now, you know, top. top, tight end. Yeah, like, and it's, so he's kind of been moving around the league, trying to find, he went to the Falcons, but again, like, he was starting to break out, and then Kyle Pitts came. Like, he's just kind of been unlucky Mm -hmm. going to teams that just have already, or end up with other talented tight ends. And so I think, you know, just the amount of weapons, you know, Four great pass catchers. Yeah, Joe Burrow, I think, is going to throw for close to 5,000 yards this year.
0: Yeah, he, he's the guy that could break into the top five. Yeah. Um, my number seven was Jalen Hurts, similar to you. I think top seven is pretty straightforward, and then after that, could get a little bit noisy with who's going to finish ahead of who. Um, but... Uh, is, Hertz will just get value on the ground. He's got really solid weapons through the air, and because of that he's just got a he's got a there relatively be, high floor.
1: I think there will be big that. plays involved yeah. in it. Well,
0: you you got AJ Brown that you can throw the ball deep to. Devonte Adams is a really slick route runner that can break deep as well. Um, so there, there's just a lot of value there for Jalen Hurts that I think is a guarantee. Uh, it's just a question of if he becomes elite throwing the ball. Or better throwing the ball, could he jump into even higher fantasy value? That's the real question. As an Eagles fan, I don't believe Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the future. I don't think his throwing mechanics are good enough. I don't think he's accurate enough. But from a fantasy perspective, he's up there with the best. Uh, Moving on to quarterback number eight, I think this
1: is where it gets a little bit interesting. I've I've got Russell Wilson at eight. And I just simply, I'm not, I I don't know, I, I don't think the, the change from the Seahawks to the Broncos is really a whole lot of difference in weapons. I mean, they have solid running backs and Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. He's got two solid receiver options and Courtland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Uh, I think they drafted a new, uh, a new tight end this year after giving up Noah Font. Like, I just mm. think he's in a solid offense with good weapons around him. He'll do some decent work on the ground with his who's, legs. Who was the other tight end that Denver
0: had last year? Because he was pretty efficient with his touches, too, if I seem to
1: recall. Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't even want to attempt to say the name. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, Lord, it, but... it's, it's, it's a long-ass name, uh, I yeah. butcher it. I'm terrible at names. So. I would been in or something like that. We'll, we'll run there, with that. There you go. But yeah,
0: he, he was fairly efficient with his touches last year too. And Russell Wilson's shown in the past that he can he can work with uh, different levels of tight ends. Like when uh, Will Disley came in before his injury, he was extremely efficient. And there's been a few others that have been there as well. So I, I like that pick. Um, I went with Matthew Stafford at eight. I just think guaranteed weapons. Sean McVay, aggressive style play caller that likes to throw the ball, really creative with his plays. Um, I just I, I think there's guaranteed value there that makes him worthwhile in the long run. He'll be throwing for 35 touchdowns, he'll get you 4,500 yards through the air. Um, I think he's a little bit more of a lock than Russell Wilson. But it was close between the two. Because I'll, I'll let you in on my number nine. It is Russell Wilson. He'll get you some groundwork. He'll hit some deep balls with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Um, but I just think Stafford has a little bit higher floor because of the weapon. The weapons are proven weapons. Whereas we don't know how good Sutton is after that um, injury he had a few years ago, and we still haven't seen Jerry Judy break out
1: do you got at number nine i've got stafford at nine <laughs> and i i mean for me i I, f- I feel like i'm just more biased to you know going for the ceiling of the the quarterbacks that you know use their legs more they seem to have you know a big usually a big impact in fantasy which is mainly the, the reason why i kind of happen down at nine and not higher because i'm mean, yeah In terms of weapons, again, he's probably got top five in terms of receiving weapons around him. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's on a really good team. We saw what he could do last year. So, I mean, he... I expect him to definitely fall between that, like, QB, like, 6 to 7. And then I, I couldn't see him falling any lower than, like, QB 11 or 12 this year. So, I mean, I just think he's going to be really really solid I just don't see him having the you know upside of the some of the other top guys which is why he's only at nine for me
0: gotcha I was gonna say um and then to wrap out my top 10 um I ended up going with Dak Prescott
1: oof I never would have expected that um
0: I I just think they're gonna be playing from behind a little bit this year Um, the the defense, while good at times, I don't think is nearly as good as people hype up. Um, so I think they're going to have to work a little bit harder for it. Yeah, they don't have Amari Cooper, but they still have CeeDee Lamb. You never know how good Michael Gallup will be. And I think Dallas will use a lot of two tight end format, or formations, and when Dalton Schultz was healthy... He was extremely, extremely productive. Dak Prescott loved going to him and was very efficient with it. Um, So I I think I went with Dak Prescott, but to some of the other quarterbacks that are around that 10 range, you're talking Tom Brady, who if Godwin's healthy, that's a very different story there. You got Aaron Rodgers, he's always going to be good just because he's an elite arm talent. Nobody has a clue what happens with Trey Lance. And then Derek Carr has Devontae Adams coming in. Who who, who did you end up going with for your number
1: 10? Trey
0: Lance. Biggers is
1: much. I am going with the upside. And I think something that benefits him is, you know, the questions are with his arm and his ability to throw the ball. But he's sitting there with just three ridiculous yards after catch mastered. I mean, like, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle are all really, really good yard after the catch. So, I mean, even if there's a lot of, like, short intermediate type play just to, like, yeah. mitigate all the mm-hmm. potential interceptions and stuff, I, I still yeah, feel like he's yeah. got guys that can make plays for him. And then on top of the fact that, I mean, we saw him play three full games last year, and I mean, he was running mm-hmm. the ball ten plus times every game. Like he, he's gonna have yeah, use on the, the ground. There's, so.
0: there's definitely some. I feel like there's some Cam Newton in Trey Yeah, there is. Um, I mean, I think the, the question is the arm, but like the yeah. question is because he's so young, because he only came out after his sophomore year, and we only saw yeah. one season in Division Two football. I like that take. Last year. Or when when he got drafted, I said he'd be the best quarterback from his draft class, better than Trevor Lawrence, better than Justin Fields, better than Zach Wilson. I think Trey Lance will be the best. Uh, but yeah, I I like that pick because you're you're right. Um, Shanahan's gonna run a lot of screen passes uh, for the yards after catch guys, and so Trey Lance doesn't have to have an amazing game throwing the ball to get 250 yards through the air because the guys run for a shit ton after getting the ball. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that wraps it up for quarterbacks. Uh, One final name I just want to mention besides what I kind of ran through, Kirk Cousins had a really solid season last year. He has Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen again. Um, I'm not sure if he'll be able to replicate 4,200 yards passing, 33 touchdowns and 7 picks. But, like, you could see a very viable fantasy value for him even farther down the list. So, moving on to tight ends. Um, Even though the average ADP for Mark, right now, says Mark Andrews, gotta be Travis
1: Kelsey, number one, right? I have Travis Kelsey, and it's mainly just because it's, uh, I think Mahomes is better than Jackson in terms of his passing ability, and without Tyreek Hill, you know, I'd expect Kelsey to have a little bit better season than he had last year, even though it's not like he had a bad season by any means, but, you know, I just think he's going to be the clear-cut focal point of the Chiefs offense, and that, that sounds like a recipe for points to me. Yeah, I I'm with you a hundred percent. I I know people like
0: Mark Andrews because he's going to score a ton of touchdowns, but Travis Kelsey had a dip last year, getting ninety two receptions. I think he breaks a hundred receptions again. He's going to have twelve hundred yards receiving, have ten touchdowns. He is such a lock for consistency and. It's so likely that he's going to be the focal point of that offense. He's the safest um, player
1: in all of fantasy football.
0: He he really is, and it's going to be it's it's going to be a fairly high ceiling for him too. Yeah, um, like the fact that he's getting projected back end of the second round for twelve team leagues. That's probably undervaluing how good he is with what's likely going to be added volume. If you're in
1: a like any standard format for fantasy football I think Travis Kelsey's a guy that shouldn't fall outside of your like top 15 so that positional advantage is just it's insane it, yeah. yeah the difference it makes compared to waiting and getting a you know a round 12 tight end or something like it you're guaranteeing 15 to 18 plus points per game with Kelsey mm-hmm. compared to Once you get outside the top five tight ends, most guys are struggling to break 10 points a game. Like, Nishka gets way too inconsistent, so the the consistency is really what just sets him apart.
0: But then going back to Mark Andrews, I think we can agree that he's clearly non-tight end number two. 107 yards, or sorry, 107 receptions, 1,300 yards, and nine touchdowns last year. I don't see him replicating 1,360 yards through the air. I don't think I... he goes for nearly that much. But I, I think I think another 100-reception season for 1,100 yards is very feasible for him. Um, he will be the focal point of the offense slightly more because Marquise Brown's not going to be there. But then again, I with how run-heavy that offense is, I don't think that will impact Mark Andrews' volume nearly as much as Travis Kelsey losing uh, Tyree Kill. Yeah. Um, but again, I think these guys are far and away the top two tight ends in fantasy. Is that fair to say? Yeah, not even close for anyone
1: else. Uh, number three. Who do you got? I've got Kyle Pitts at three. And I think it's mainly just because he, he finished last year as tight end six. With one touchdown, like I, there's no way he he he's only scoring one touchdown against year. I'd expect him, a you know, with Calvin Ridley being out all year, I expect Kyle Pitts to be, you know, you know, if not the focal point, you know, the one B to what would probably end up being Drake London if he ends up being the focal point. But I I think you know in terms of targets, he's gonna be top three. the tight end position he doesn't have a lot of competition he's a ridiculous mismatch and I just think the the talent and what I would assume would be a uh, increase in touchdowns will put him in my top three for sure
0: gotcha Uh, my number three is going to be Darren Waller Um, I think so, first off, he only played 11 games last year. It was a tough season dealing with a lot of injuries. But despite playing 11 games, he only scored two touchdowns. Similar to Kyle Pitts, I think that number's going to increase a lot. And he's no longer the focal point of the defense. Yet he's still going to be a monster in the red zone. Yeah. So, I lean towards Darren Waller. And the other thing is, Derek Carr, I, I've, said, I've said this last week, I love him as a quarterback. Kyle Pitts is downgrading from Matt Ryan throwing him the ball to Marcus Mariota. It's not a huge downgrade because Matt Ryan's on the back end of his career, but it's still a downgrade. I think Kyle Pitts is going to improve on last year stats-wise, yes, but I think I, I like or I feel much more comfortable with Darren Waller because he has Derek Carr throwing the ball to him.
1: Do you have uh, Waller at four? I do, and I think I'm, like, well, yes, I'd expect him to score more than two touchdowns next year. I I still feel like Adams is going to score. You know, I'd expect Adams to be, you know, around 10, 11 touchdowns again this year. Like, he is a big red zone threat. Well, I would also, though, I, I expect Waller to definitely have more big playability this year. It's just, I think the Raiders are gonna be so well-rounded that I'm kind of thinking that we're gonna see a a little bit of inconsistency with Waller. Cause I mean, I I find it hard to believe that, you know, they're gonna be able to feed Hunter Renfro, Adams, Waller, and Josh Jacobs Every single game. Mm-hmm. I think someone's gonna, you know, get left out of the party. And I think that's gonna cause some inconsistencies in Waller's game. Well, I think Pitts is going to be, you know, the focal point. So, I, I think I think he'll be a little bit more consistent, I, in I, my opinion. But I can see Yeah, I, I
0: definitely understand that. Um I have Pitts at four. I think it's very close between Waller and Pitts. Yeah. Um... But to your point of the ball gets spread around a little bit more with the Raiders, the offense is gonna be significantly more productive. There's gonna be more yardage spread around between the or between the receiving options of the Raiders than the receiving options of the Falcons. Same goes for scoring opportunities. Um, and I, I just think Darren Waller, being healthy for a whole season will make a massive difference. Let's not forget that the two seasons prior to last year, 90 receptions and 107 receptions for over 1,100 yards in both seasons. Uh, guy dealt with injury. He's still only 29, uh, which for tight ends is in the middle of their prime. Uh, I just. I can't imagine Darren Waller having a bad season like he did last year, unless he deals with more injuries, which could happen to him, but that could also happen to anyone. So, But outside of the top four things start to get a little bit interesting, who do you have at five? I've
1: got George Kittle at five, and I, I just think he's too talented. not. Because, I mean, I, I really only think there are five guys in the NFL in terms of tight ends that have the ability to break 1,000 yards in a season. And for me, Kittle is the weakest of those five in terms of a fantasy perspective because, I mean, he's probably the best blocker of the five, but that does, that's kind of irrelevant for fantasy football purposes. But I think the downgrade, because I, I truthfully think, At least for part of the season, Lance is going to look like a downgrade in terms of production for his receivers and tight ends. I think they're going to be kind of big play dependent, but I think the volume is going to be there. And again, Kittle and the rest of these guys have that big play ability that I don't think a lot of other tight ends in the NFL have. And that really kind of sets them apart.
0: I, I, I hear you on that one. Um, this is where I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. My number five tight end is Dalton Schultz. Um, last year, 78 receptions, 800 yards, 8 touchdowns. Really consistent across the board. Um, several of those games, he was playing. Um, he was either partially injured and was playing injured, or he was behind... Uh, The other tight end they had in getting minimal amount of minutes. This will be a season where he'll have a full season as the primary tight end. They don't have Amari Cooper, so there's plenty more volume. I think Dalton Schultz breaks 100 receptions this year, and averaging roughly 10 yards a reception, I think he will break 1,000 yards, despite what you said about the others being the only ones that could break 1,000 yards. And with that consistency, that's why I have him one spot ahead of George Kittle. Um, George Kittle, my one worry is with that style of offense, they're not going to throw the ball nearly as much. And he'll have some games where he has big games and he'll have some games where I think he'll only score five or six points. Uh, Whereas I think Dalton Schultz will be a very consistent 10 to 15 points each game. So that's where I kind of stand on those two. Did you have Schultz at number six, or did you have someone
1: else? There? I've got Schultz at six. And, I mean, the only reason why I just don't, I can't put him higher is I'm really just not confident in the Cowboys this year. I don't think they're going to score a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, they're going to throw the ball a lot. But I, I just don't think that, you know, yeah, I think this, the big thing this, for tight ends is touchdowns, and yeah, I don't this this see him scoring eight touchdowns again.
0: Yeah, like I, I I I'm with you. I think he may only be six or seven touchdowns, but this is me making a volume call. I think he breaks a hundred
1: receptions and a thousand yards.
0: See, I don't um, think
1: I I I don't know. Yeah, we'll go. So go we'll we'll
0: have to see. One. It's going to be an interesting one, but as much as I detest the Cowboys as an Eagles fan, I think Schultz is going to be the bright spot of that offense this year. So,
1: Moving on to tight end number seven, who do you have? I have TJ Hawkinson. I mean, I think there's a lot of room for targets in that Lions offense. I don't think they're a very like set in stone team. I mean through the first two weeks last year he looked like he was going to be the guy and then he's had he dealt with injury throughout the year and then he missed the last what last five games last year. So I think you know we're kind of getting to the point with tight ends to where it it, it fluctuates so much and so for me I think he's got a decent route to targets and so, again, I expect him to be at least one of the top three guys in his offense in terms of targets. And he's a pretty dynamic tight end, so I think that'll, you know, keep him up there. I'm not expecting him to be, like, high high ceiling by any mean, but I think he's got a decent floor.
0: Yeah, for me, at number seven, I had Dallas Goddard. To your point earlier about touchdowns being really important to tight ends, I think this Eagles offense will be pretty octane and or high octane in terms of scoring despite not being a huge fan of oh, Jalen Hurts and their biggest red zone threat will be most likely Goddard followed by probably A.J. Brown. Uh, Goddard has proven to be extremely versatile. Um, in the receiving game for the Eagles, very similar to Zach Ertz earlier in his career, ironically. Um, I, I, I think Goddard's more likely to go for 10 touchdowns than Hawkinson, and that's kind of the main difference between those guys for me. Uh, who do you have at number 8?
1: I have Zach Ertz at 8. I do as well. So. And I, it's really just because... I mean, he had, what, from weeks 15 to 18 last year, was averaging 11 targets a game. Again, without D-Hop for the first six games of the season, I think he's going to be a big focal point of the offense. And my my question is, I guess, when D-Hop comes back, is I would expect there to be a drop in production, which is why he's only at 8 on my list, because mm. I think you hit week 7, and there's just going to be so many mouths to feed in the Cardinals' offense. Yeah, I...
0: it, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, Ertz is the kind of guy that could end up as high as tight end number 5 and be lower down to, like, 12 or 13, I think. the The reason why... I do still like him is the way he ended last year. Um, He averaged over seven or he averaged seven uh, or around six to seven receptions a game or the final five games was average. He didn't score any touchdowns which was the one drawback during those final five games but I mean when your floor is ten points just on volume alone Um, that's very promising, um, and as I mentioned earlier in the quarterback segment, it's an air raid style offense, so there should be plenty of volume and opportunity for him. Yeah. Number nine, then, does that make Goddard your number nine?
1: Yeah, I've got Goddard at nine, and it's, again, I'm not super high on Jalen Hurts, and in terms of his passing ability, but the other thing that concerns me is the the red zone usage that I feel like Jalen Hurts has is kind of ridiculous. I mean, he had 10 rushing touchdowns last year. Like I, I feel like I'm not as optimistic as you are that the Eagles are going to be a high-octane oct- scoring offense, and... For me, I don't think there's going to be enough volume to keep Goddard in any higher for me. In terms of if he's not scoring touchdowns, I feel like volume is kind of the other way to go. In terms mm-hmm. of it. and so I, I feel like he's gonna have decent volume, but he's not gonna have the touchdowns. I think to vault him higher, yeah, in my that, opinion.
0: That that's part of my question why I have, uh, Hawkinson at number nine um a lot of mouse to feed
1: still not proven that this offense is going to be high octane i know
0: both of us like a lot of their offensive weapons we think they're very talented at skill yeah. positions but they we still haven't seen the offense as a high scoring offense going to score a ton of touchdowns type team and i'm not sure dan Campbell is the type of coach to get them in that direction um I I think Dan Campbell wants to be more of a uh, smash mouth type team, Um, and so I do have hesitations about Hawkinson. I I think we can agree that Hawkinson is ridiculously talented. Um, I'm just not sure the opportunity will be there to push him any higher than maybe number seven. I have him down at nine. And then to wrap up my top ten, just to kind of jump right into it. to kind of the opposite end of the spectrum from what we were talking about. Dawson Knox is who I have at number 10. Um, I like him just because last year he was a touchdown monster. Um, and while I, I, I can't say he's going to go and score as many as last year. I very much, um, like him as a red zone target for an offense that was very solid. Um, nine touchdowns last year, played 15 games, but didn't really come on until the back end of the season, and he started to get a lot more usage then. Um, So we'll definitely have to wait and see how prevalent he is in the offense, but he's kind of a sneaky guy that could put up some serious fantasy value um, if he's
1: utilized heavily. I have Pat. Prior move at number the ten this Steelers year, band. and kind of for the same reason, he scored seven touchdowns last year as a rookie. I think the quarterback play improves from Ben to either Kenny Pickett or uh, Trubisky. No juju this year, so I think you know the ball gets spread around a little bit more. So I think I could see Pat having another. Like last year he went 60 catches, around 500 yards, seven touchdowns. This year I could see him being around 70 catches, 600 yards, and again around six, seven touchdowns. And I think that's enough, you know, to put a tight end Mm -hmm. as top 10 in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it will be interesting because outside of that, you've got guys like Mike Gesicki, who's supremely talented. You just don't know if the opportunity is gonna be there. Cole Komet has had moments, Hunter Henry has had moments, but I think the jury's still out on Mac Jones. Noah Font's extremely talented, but we don't know the quarterback situation in Seattle. Okwag Bunam in Denver has had moments, but we haven't seen him with a really good quarterback yet. And another interesting one that I just kind of want to mention, especially is for people that want to stream tight ends, Later on in the season, when Deshaun Watson returns, David and Joku could have some serious fantasy value down the stretch. So that'd be a guy just to kind of keep an eye on and see how his season's moving along. Any other tight ends you want to kind of just briefly mention?
1: Well, I already kind of mentioned them earlier, but again, Hayden Hurst is going as twenty. Uh, yeah, I see him going around the 21 to 25 tight end range, right around uh, the dude from the Broncos. And again, I just think that offense provides such an opportunity for a guy like him, who is athletically, you know, one of the more mismatch type, you know, pass-catching tight ends, and... When you have a team that has so many weapons on it, like the Bengals, I could see him having a big touchdown year depending on, like, again, we saw C.J. Osama had, he had five touchdowns last year, not including, you know, the couple that he had in the playoffs as well. I could very much see, you know, Hayden Hurst kind of step into that role, and, you know, touchdowns alone are enough to put tight ends high enough on lists depending on how many they get.
0: Yeah, that that is a good shout and he's he's a guy that in a lot of leagues will probably go undrafted. Yeah. So right. that that could be very good streamer value down the line. Um so just keep an eye on that. Um just to rehash things, uh if you're not getting one of the top 6 tight ends, uh there's probably a significant drop off and the streaming options are okay but not great across the board. It'll just be interesting to see who pans out. But that pretty much wraps up uh, us going over our top 10 list um, for fantasy options over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Next week we'll be coming back and we'll be just kind of highlighting the NFL season itself, talking about who we like to win the divisions, who we like to make deep playoff runs, and who may even surprise us down the line. Um, So please tune in again. next week to the what's my place sports podcast and thanks again for tuning in we out peace